0: Welcome to Conscious Parents Thriving Kids, a place for all things parenting. I am your host, Sue DeCaro. Today, I am pleased to introduce my special guest, Vinu Keller. As a parent, child, and family master coach, she is helping create peace and harmony inside homes all over the United States and perhaps the world. She is here with us today to share some of her amazing wisdom and teachings. Welcome, Vinu. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thank you Sue. It is a pleasure to be here with you. I love always connecting with other parent coaches because I feel like there's not enough of us in this world today. I
0: agree. I agree. It's it's so hard to be a parent today and try to make the best decisions for the children in front of you. And I know from our conversations in the past and today we will have a lot to share about how to help parents that are listening to do the best job possible. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I wanted to start by just having you share briefly how you got to this point. What actually brought you to feel empowered to, you know, create this avenue to do the work in the world that you
1: do? Uh, so a great question. You know, when I was little, um, around 13, I, it was the time that I became suicidal. Like I was creating an escape plan. I didn't want to be here anymore. And yet at the same time, I had this, I want to be a psychologist. Because people, would, some people were talking about their problems, and I thought I was so good at it. And in reality, what I was doing is, if I can solve other people's problems, then I didn't have to face my own, and then that would give me some significance. That would give me some worth. You know, I'd be worth it in the world. I didn't know that then, but yet there was that pull because I always like contemplated, like, how can you be suicidal and still want to help people? And I realized it's because it was giving me a reason to be. It was giving me a reason to feel like I still had a purpose on this earth. The feelings of suicide went on for 21 years it wasn't until i was 34 years old i stumbled across a personal development course from tony robbins called unleash the power within and i went to this course not knowing what i was getting myself into not really believing that my life can change i was a single mom of two amazing kids who are now 28 and 23. my their father and i were married for 10 years and he was military when he when we divorced he got stationed to California. Ironically, that's where we met, and he brought me to North Carolina from there. And so he was back there. I'm here with the boys, and I was raising them by myself. I was working three jobs. Um, I had finished my degree in psychology, and so I was working for the state. And by the time I found Tony, I was probably um, well into my mental health career. I was a certified uh, infant and toddler family specialist. I had done all my tons of hours to get that certification back in 2002. And I was also considered a mental health professional. So with that, I just thought this was it. Like my mom was a lawyer, you pick to be a lawyer, and then that's what you start doing. And then that's what you die doing. And so that was my mentality. Whatever we start, that's what we do. So I just thought I was going to stay in the world of mental health. Going to Tony Robbins that day, I remember the first day, everybody was jumping up and they're like, yes, yes. And I was like, where am I at? Like, I almost felt ridiculous to say yes, but I felt more ridiculous not to. And the more I concentrated on what he was saying, I started to realize I can create my own story. Like, I don't have to stay in mental health. I don't have to just be a case manager or mental health professional. I don't, and I was already working with families. I was working with families with kids that had behaviors. So I was going into home, seeing different cultures, seeing the way different parenting techniques were being done, um, looking at how kids with special needs were responding, which ironically really got me honed in on behaviors because kids with special needs that don't communicate well, verbally, they communicate through their behaviors. So I really got to be kind of what I call that inspector gadget, right? Like really focusing on what the behaviors were saying. And I really started to understand this and I was like, wow, like, our life is really about the behaviors and the behaviors and how we react or respond is what, how we create the stuff in our life. So fast forward um, after that event, I chose to live. I decided that I was no longer going to kill myself in 2016. Cause that was my plan because my youngest at the time was going to graduate high school in that, in that year. So in my warped thinking, I thought, well, they're 18. I did my job. I'm out. Like I can go. Little did I know now they probably need me more as an adult than they did as a child, you know? And um, so going through my journey, one of the things that I kept hearing in the personal development is what if your wounds were your strengths? What if you were put here to go through them in order to be who you are today? So I started to investigate. I'm like, what were all my challenges? Number one, it was being bullied. I was bullied a lot, which led me to my suicidal tendencies because what I was hearing from everyone else became my internal language. And I was born in the era, you know, I'm a Gen X child, so I was a latchkey kid. And so my mom was working, as I said, a single parent and I was home. With a key around my neck to let my brother in the door and so it wasn't like i had parental supervision when i was growing up either we were kind of raising ourselves and so when i went through all of this i first started this trajectory that i'm on going to schools all over the world speaking on bullying self-harm and suicide because that's what i knew you know i was a self-harmer i was hospitalized at 15 for two months and it was finally when i realized that at an event I was speaking to a girl said to me today was the day and she was just bawling her eyes out and I said well what do you mean today is the day she goes I was going to kill myself she goes I was going home to kill myself today and she's like and now I want to live and she's like and I'm scared because I don't know how to live she says but listening to your story just gave me what I needed there's a different story I'm here to write Mm -hmm. And I have, and I'm just starting it. And I just get chills when I talk about this because in that moment was so surreal for me. And I was like, I have got to get into homes. I have got to get into homes. And so it was almost in that instance, I decided that I'm going to be a parent child coach. Like I want to do coaching with parents, I want to help parents understand their child. So not another child commits suicide. No child should have to feel at the age of 13, 14, 15, 10, 8. That life is not worth living.
0: Wow. First of all, you know, I know you've shared this with me before, but hearing it again, I also get chills because it is such a powerful story, empowering you to do what you do in this world to make a huge difference. And I agree with you, you know, starting with the parents is the arena to help these wonderful children that need to find their worth within. And am I right in saying that, you know, at a young age, 13, you didn't find that worth within?
1: I didn't. And it
0: sounds like it took you, you know, years and years to find your self worth.
1: Yes. And that's what I see that kids do nowadays. They're looking for external resources to show them that they're worth it instead of realizing it. And, you know, one of the things that parents don't realize is that we as parents have the ability to start building their self-worth internally at a young age. And there's so many different things that we can do to do that. And now I have six kids and it's almost like I got a do over. So my oldest are 28 and 23 and my youngest are 10 year old twins with my, my husband, my current husband. And then he brought in two beautiful girls into my life um, that are almost 18 and 15 now. And I've been with them since they were three and six. So it's definitely been a, The Brady Bunch, as people say, three boys, three girls, and with my twins, I've done it differently, because with my older boys, it was taking things away. It was, you know, oh, you didn't get, you you got to see on your report card. Give me your phone. Oh, you didn't do your chores. Give me your phone. Oh, you talk back to me. You're grounded for a week. So, you know, one of the things that I learned early on is that we do more to avoid pain than we do to go to pleasure. And when I heard that, I'm like, that makes sense. But as I got into the parent-child coaching arena, I realized, because that's how we raise our kids, we teach them, you talk back to me, give me your phone. What does the phone have to do with talking back? And so instead of teaching them the purpose of being respectful to me as your mom, but also to adults, that's the reward of what you can achieve in life when you are respectful to people. They're now not going to talk back to me because they're afraid of losing their phone, not because it's the right thing to do. And I was like, this is what we do as parents. I mean, I'm guilty of it. That's how I parented my first two.
0: Yeah, me too. My only two. Yeah, absolutely. It was take away, take away, take away. And um, I think we miss the whole concept of teaching when we are disciplining through these methods. And, you know, I, I also, you know, I'm very um inspired, you know, by that focal point of teaching children, not disciplining with coercion, manipulation, you know, and, and taking the most important thing away, which you know is typically the phones. That's a line of communication. And without that, it's you know, there's a lot at stake with communication. That's you know, their lifeline basically. It is. And so. You know, I think looking at parenting from the standpoint of being able to teach your children in those moments or after those moments, something different, as opposed to thinking that taking something away that has no relationship is going to actually make a difference. Are they learning because you took your phone, you know, not to get a seat in, uh, you know, in gym or in math or in whatever, you know, probably not. Um, I remember years ago, I spoke to an AP psychology class. I spoke to students and I think they were 10th graders and they all complained that all but my daughter, because at that point I'd already learned that this wasn't the right method for me. They all complained that when they did something wrong, no matter what it was, their parents took their phone away, and and, and they all sat there saying, you know, they don't learn a thing. They don't really you know, care about what the teaching opportunity is. They're just mad about the phone. Correct. So, you know, I, I agree with you. I think it's really important that we focus in on how we can teach our children, not discipline our children and teaching is part of connection, right. To sit down and have a conversation about why respect is important to model respect for our children so that they can see how we show respect in our own lives and with them.
1: Yes, absolutely. And also just to piggyback off that we're taking away their worth too, because if they when when kids have their worth because they have friends and that's why kids that don't have friends feel no worth because it's like i'm not even worth being a friend and their phone is that dialogue so what i've done and what i teach parents is make your punishments the rewards like just switch it so it's like you know in order to have your phone you know, I need you to get your tours done. So you're not distracted. And I want you to be able to talk to Sally and Susie tonight. So like, what needs to happen to get that done? Mm -hmm. You know, and the caveat is, and you know, it really helps me when you do this, you know, and I really can use your support. And here's a great example. So my husband actually works for Tony. So he's gone a lot, always to Florida. He's actually coming home today after being gone for two weeks. And you know, we have a new puppy. And so there's like accents around the house and you know, just trying to get the the twins ready in the morning because they're back to school, they're year round. And I was really frustrated on like the first Monday back to school. And so my husband I had a talk with them and he said, you know, guys, what could you do to help mom? Like what is it that you could do? Could could one of you take care of the puppy and the other one take the other dog out? Could could you guys get your own breakfast? Could you guys, you know, what could you do to help mom? And the next day, I, this is so crazy. The next day I'm like, oh my gosh, like we're on time and I'm not upset. And everyone's, and I'm like, oh wait, I got to take care of the dogs. And I go downstairs and my 10 year old's like, I've already taken care of the dogs. I've taken them out and I cleaned up their poop and everything is great. Mom, all we have to do is, you know, get our vitamins and stuff and eat breakfast. And then we're out the door. And I was like, and then the next day, Wednesday, Now they're both in competition, who gets to help with the dog and who gets to put the water in the dog bowl and who gets to feed the dog. So now they're in competition of who gets to help mom because it's rewarding to them. It gives them that self-worth that like, I am worth helping my mom. I am, and and dad's going to be so proud of me. So the reward was in the car, when we, we drive to school, they get to talk to dad and they're like, dad, dad, guess what I did? I got to help mom today with such conviction in their, their, their words, right? They're so excited versus, oh, you didn't help me with the dogs today. You didn't hear dad. Well, you know what? So today, you know what? You're not going on TV today because you didn't help me. That's the change, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. What I hear in this beautiful story is empowerment, empowering your kids to be part of the whole part of the team, you know, we look at parent-child relationships and dynamics often in this country, and many countries, from the top down. But when we look at it as side-by-side equal partners, not that we don't have, you know, the say in things and more wisdom, of course, as parents, but working with our children as opposed to, you know, working top down, that we say you do this and you go do it. Then the child believes in themselves. Yes. They feel like we believe in them. So they begin to believe in themselves, which, you know, as you were saying earlier, that's the worth that comes from within. And it can start at a young age. It can start it with two years old, you know, really helping the child be part of whatever it is. You have another child and you're changing a diaper. Hey, want to help me? Can you get the diaper? Do you think you can do that? And they feel like they're big. They're important. They're part of the whole. And I think there can't be more, something more valuable than making the child or children in our families, part of the conversation, part of the team, you know, we believing in them in, you know, in a way that serves them.
1: Yeah. And then they want to do it because I don't know about you, Sue, but for me, with my older boys, it was a challenge to get them to do things like, you know, who's supposed to do the dishes today? Oh, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. And now when we empower them and encourage them and like tell them how much it's going to help us, they want to do the dishes. They want to vacuum. And I was like, Oh, well, I wish I knew this method years ago, you know, it would have been such a struggle. And so, you know, I mean, it really is about that empowering and that's how parents right now, because that's one of the number one questions I get is like, how do I give them their self-worth? Because the challenge that I have, you know, um, I know that you know you work with the parents and as well as I do, And but my focus is more with the kids, so I have to work with the parents too. But with the kids, the biggest challenge I have with all my clients is they don't have their self-worth. And when we talk about it, I say, well, what is self-worth to you? And they're like, well, I don't know. And what I realize is if I said to you, close your eyes and imagine a rose, what does it look like, feel like, smell like? If you've never, ever, ever seen a rose, What are you going to do? I mean, you don't know. And that's what these kids are doing, too. They don't know what self-worth feels like or looks like, you know. And so it's up to us as parents to start giving that to them. And so the book I wrote, Teach Your Children That They're Enough, it's all about taking away the blame and shame, being present with our kids and celebrating them, Mm -hmm. teaching them how to celebrate their small wins. As well as their big wins like as soon as our kid scores a goal we're like yeah that's my kid but what about the fact when they were so tired and they still got up to show up to the game can we celebrate that celebrate them showing up what if we celebrated every single time our child showed up to something what are they going to do when they're an adult they're going to show up because they know that they're an intricate part of the solution of the game, of their job, of school, of their classroom. They're a part of something. Mm -hmm. If we can help our kids feel a part of something, then they have that internal self-worth too.
0: That's so beautiful. And, And as you're talking, I'm thinking of the parents and how important it is for the parents to stop and question themselves. You know, do I feel worthy? I have my connection to my own self-worth. What does that look like? What does that rose look like? And be able to see themselves clearly because if we don't know how to connect to our worth, we can't show our children. And there Uh are a lot of adults, you know, I I have to say sadly out there. I mean, I know I know I went through my own journey of finding my worth because, Mm. you know, I was looking for it externally. Like, please, somebody show me, you know. Raise the A in the classroom, and then I know that I'm worthy of something. So it's a journey to get to that point. And sadly, years ago, parents weren't empowered to, you know, pass on this feeling of, you know, find your worth and you, you know, I believe in you and you are valuable, just as you are. as you right. said, you know, enough, just as you are. And so I think for parents listening, it's important to do your work just as much, or even more so to then help and model for your child on the importance of, you know, finding their self-worth, feeling seen, feeling heard, and feeling valued. So we have to first feel seen, heard, and valued ourselves in order to be able to create that avenue for our kids.
1: You are, I mean, you you nailed it. And, you know, I have a six-week uh, online course I created called Crack the Code to Parenting, and that is week two. It's putting down the baggage, putting down your own baggage so you can parent through fresh eyes. Because if we are and, and that's exactly what I did with my older boys, like I parented through no self-worth, no self-love and punishing, because that's what I had punishing, you know, which took away from them as well. It takes away their self-worth that they're not even they're not even worth me talking to. They're only worth me yelling at and taking everything away, you know. And so I once I put that bag down and realized that, you know, I don't have to carry this anymore to be my identity. I can change it and I can heal what was lacking in me. And I don't have to prove myself to the world to be something in the world. Right. I was able to change that trajectory with my twins. And, you know, my husband is really great at enforcing this too. He tells my daughter every day when he has a conversation, he always says, Sage, what's the number one thing? A girl needs to wear in life. And she says, Confidence.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. (laughs) That's great.
1: Ingrained that in her for years. You know, it's the most, it's the prettiest thing a girl can wear. It's the number one thing a girl needs to wear. Like he changes it all, but it's always about the confidence Mm -hmm. in her to set her up that I have this in me. If I believe in me and I know that I'm doing the best I can today, everything's going to be just fine. You know, it's having that, but that's what, and and, you know, I think that's one of the things that parents, you know, are are struggling with, like the parents I work with, it's like they come from the parent brain, the, the adult brain, instead of seeing it from the 13 year old brain or the 14 year old brain, you know, they're not seeing it from, they think that like, my kids just don't listen. Like, I don't get it. Like, why are they doing this and this and this? and when i break it down to them and i say well let's go back to the 13 year old brain who doesn't have their frontal lobe developed that can't see the long-term consequences that doesn't have the executive functioning going on you know that their i the part of the emotion of the brain is fully lit up you know they're making choices off their emotion not the practical or the what what should happen we have to be their frontal lobe we have to be able to help them so we have to speak their language we can't expect these 13-year-olds to speak our language in a 45-year-old brain or 48-year-old brain. They don't understand it. Their brains still developing till they're 25 and for boys 28. Right. And their personalities are developed between birth and 12 actually. That's when their personalities and it's who they're influenced by and who are their role models.
0: Right, which is guess what? <laughs> Us. Us. <laughs> the one, the most important role models. And, you know, I I think even though, you know, the development of their character and personality is zero to 12, it is never too late. So any parents that are listening, you know, my kids were in their teens when I started, you know, this journey. And it's never too late, even with adult children, to bring a shift to how you show up with them and for them and how you see them. And as you said, you know, climbing into their arena to try to figure out what they might be experiencing in a moment when they're having a meltdown and asking yourself as a parent, what does my child need right now? Not what do I need? You know, I need peace and quiet. Uh, My daughter, um, who just delivered her third child, said to me right before she she was, you know, getting ready to go to the hospital, uh, the day before, I just need a day of peace and quiet. (laughs) And I said, honey, you have two kids. I'm not sure what you were thinking, but, you know, there, we can't expect peace and quiet with children because that's just not, you know, that's not the arena. So right. what we can do is we can look at what our kids need in each moment so that we can support them to thrive and grow as best as they can in their world, not ours. Yeah, I agree. I, and
1: I just you, want to piggyback off one thing that you were saying about it's not too late. So. I started this arena also, my 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 journey of self-healing, when my kids were in their teens as well. And so I still wasn't giving them what they needed at that time because I was still trying to heal myself. and But now they're older and now we have conversations that we never had before. And sometimes I surprise them because they expect the old mom to show up instead of the mom now who listens to them and hears them. And you know what? I see my son with his daughter changing already Mm -hmm. and feeling great about himself. So you are a hundred percent correct in saying it's not too late. And for those new parents that are listening, it's never too early. It's It's never too early, right? (laughs) I mean, what our kids feel becomes their internal language. What they hear becomes their internal language. What they see becomes their internal language. It's all a combination. It's not one or the other. You know, um, and then the second thing I wanted to piggyback off of is something that you said with your daughter, like she just wants some peace and quiet. I think that one of the other things I feel is important for parents is give yourself grace because Mm you are depleted, and you know you've given the best to everybody else. You're only giving the rest to your family and the rest to yourself. So in order to you know an empty cup can't serve anybody water. So how do we fill ourselves up? It's getting, you know, when they say it takes a village, it takes a village. Who can you trust in your life that can take your kids for a few hours or for one overnight? So you and your spouse or your partner can get away just for a night, or maybe you just need to go to get away for a night. I had a parent that I was working with and she was just like losing her mind. Like she's like, I just don't know what to do anymore. Well, of course you don't, you're fully depleted. So when you're depleted, you can't think strategically. You're just thinking day to day. You can't see the fun in it, you can't see the joy in it anymore. And sometimes you have to wonder, why did I choose to be a parent? When you're asking yourself that question, I promise you, you're depleted. You are depleted, it's time to find that joy. So one of the strategies I gave one of my parents is, I want you to go away just for a night. And she says, Oh, gosh, we have no babysitter. My parents are out of town, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, that's great. Your husband can stay home with the kids and you need to go away. I don't care if it's a hotel right down the road. I don't care if it's to go visit a friend, but you need to disconnect. We always talk about disconnecting from our phones, but sometimes we need to disconnect from the family, too, you know, and replenish. And rem- remind ourselves who we are. It's part of that self-worth. It's part of that self-love. It's part of that self-care. And let it be a non-negotiable
0: on a regular basis. So I exactly to get to that point, you know you have to you have to repair. You, you can't show up for your children if you're not showing up for yourself. But we need to carve out space and time, and it doesn't have to be the biggest practice in the world. You know, go days and get massages and You know, nails and all that. It can be five minutes, a mindful shower. It can be listening to music by yourself, getting up before your kids and sitting outside listening to the birds, you know, all sorts of things that remove you from, you know, this job, so to speak, you know, this role of parenting and give you a chance to energize yourself. So it's, and it is yourself. What fills you up? What energizes you? I think we all have different practices. Um, it took me a long time to to figure this out in my own life years ago, and makes the world of difference because you can show up patient. You can show up, as you said, you know, with this strategy or thoughts that help you be intentional, as opposed to losing it and screaming and you know just joining in the chaos instead of trying to create more peace and harmony. So, right. I I highly agree. A night away is great, and then start carving time and space in your daily life to continue the process.
1: And I would invite all of us parents that when we do this, what we put our focus on grows. So if we're putting our focus on, I have to do this, I have to do that, versus I get to do this, I get to do that. When you're doing your mindful walk in the morning or you're you're listening to the birds, I would invite you to put the intention of what is great about your kids, what is great about your day, what is great about your husband, what is great about your job. What is great about this moment right now focus on the gratitude and the joy and the happiness you have versus sitting there listening to the birds and still thinking about all that you have to do oh i gotta get up i gotta get the kids be present in the moment Mm -hmm. and by being present in the moment be aware of what's going on if you're taking a walk what can you notice that you haven't noticed before you know what thoughts are going in your mind you know and how can you just acknowledge the thoughts you're having? Yes, we all have a busy life. We all have things to do. But the break that Sue and I are talking about is a break from that thought too. It's going into what brings you joy and laughter, what brings harmony into your home. And sometimes I do that like when I'm really upset with my kids because you know, I'm not here to say that you can't ever be upset because you're going to be upset with your kids. Like It's their job to make us upset, okay? Yeah, right. (laughs) So in that moment, it's giving, like, I give myself timeouts. I don't give my kids timeouts. I say, you know what? You all need to do what you need to do. I need to take a moment. And instead of contemplating, like, why I'm so angry all the time with them, it's, what is great about being their parent? What is it that I just love about them? And then all of a sudden, it kind of neutralizes the anger and upset that I had about them. And it just takes a few minutes, like five minutes. And then my thoughts are redirected. And then they're, they've forgotten because they're kids. They forget in that moment, right? And we get to come back out and we just say, you know what? What's a better decision you could have made? What's a better decision that you could have made? And what's a better decision I could make? Absolutely. So I take ownership too. I want to teach my kids to take ownership. So I ownership has to start with me.
0: Yeah. And you have to take a moment to clear your head, to create yes. ownership from a grateful place. I mean we we should be grateful that we can see things differently as opposed to, you know, just screaming and yelling like I used to do at the very beginning. You know, that we can stop and see I wonder what they were thinking or, you know, my kids have have the ability to solve this problem. I need to allow them to, you know, especially if they're fighting with one another. We don't mm-hmm. give them enough credit for how they can bring collaboration to the process and they can. Encourage it, teach it, model it, support them in that respect. So, yeah, it's it's beautiful. We could talk all day. I know we could talk. My language. I love what you focus on grows. I'm a big fan of of that statement because it really makes the world of difference. And I think if you don't take anything away from this conversation, take that away, listeners, because it is so powerful. What you focus on does grow. Be the garden, right? Take the seeds, nurture the seeds you know, be grateful for the seeds and, you know, continue the process and you'll find more. So, yes. yes. I would love it if you would tell people where they could learn more about you or connect with you.
1: So um, I'm very easy to find on social media. Um, it's Be New Inspires. And I have a parenting group on Facebook as well called Redefine Parenting. I also have a TV show, which I'm really excited that Sue's going to be one of my guests on there um, in the upcoming month. And it's called also redefined Parenting, as well as my podcast is called redefined Parenting. I keep the branding all, you know, very simple. And um, the TV show can be seen on Zingo TV. It's an app that's downloadable on Roku, Fire Stick, Chromecast, and iOS and App Store. So it's every Tuesday live at two o'clock. And if you miss it, it's live streamed on my YouTube as well, my LinkedIn. So, you know, I'm just here to support our kids to give them a childhood they don't have to heal from. And if I just had one thing to to give your audience to take away, that would be be curious, not critical. Just Mm. be curious and not critical.
0: I love that. I love that word, curious, too. One of my favorites. Thank you so much for being on our episode today. I really appreciate it. It's always wonderful to talk with you. And to our audience, thanks so much for listening. Remember, every moment is a new moment for Conscious Connections. Thanks for listening to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.